Hello and welcome to another episode of Save Our Planet. I'm your podcast host, Stephanie Satong, and today we're meeting with very special guest, Lara Jakrowski. She's lived and worked as a pilgrim filmmaker for more than 20 years all over the world, everywhere from Brazil to Africa, Thailand, United States, and all over Latin America. She produces independent documentaries and cultural projects. Since 2017, she's been deepening her work with the native peoples of Brazil. And today she's here to talk with us about her latest work with the Huniquim native people. This work has been a five-year project and it has resulted in a feature film, which is incredibly exciting. Lara, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to talk about your film today. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm really excited too to be here. First of all, can you tell us a bit about your upcoming film, Eskawatan Kayoai? What is it about? How did this project come about? So this is a film of the Hunikui native people. They are located in the Amazon part of Brazil. And the film talks about the revival of their culture because they, uh, in a time, they forgot they were native people because of slavery and all that happened in Brazil since Brazil was, were first, first invaded. So they forgot they were native people and they remembered through the use of the sacred medicine ayahuasca. So the film tells the story and tells what they, they regained, what, what is their identity and why this is important for indigenous people to be alive. And uh, we never thought of making this film, to be honest. Um, my partner, Patrick Belen, uh, which has my, the company, we have like, uh, it's called Main TV Productions. I believe, I don't know, maybe the name bird is Kiskadi in English. I'm not sure. It's a beautiful bird. Um, that gains the name of our company. And so Patrick went to the Amazon and uh, he was just there to, to have a sacred moment for himself. And he brought his camera, but at the time he, he put the camera uh, at a tripod and started to record, lots of elders started to speak up. They never speaked up. They're always very quiet. They never wanted to share much, but they have realized um, they have lost so much through oral culture. That means like they just, they teach without books, without, you know, like they don't document their, their, their knowledge rather than by someone alive. So um, as the colonizers came and enslaved them and killed them, they have lost so much. They realized the camera could be a great option for them to record their culture and never, um, never get lo lost anymore. So it was like, it was something that came from them. So we got really excited by it because for we, when you work with indigenous people, the need has to come from their reality, otherwise is always our own vision. For sure. That's a really incredible story. Um, and it's incredible that it's led by the people themselves. Can you tell us just a little bit more about the Huniquin people? I, as I understand it, that's an, what they call themselves, but outsiders might know them by a different name, which again kind of is this outside imposed worldview on the people themselves, no? Yeah, so the Hunikuin are originally called as Kashinawa. They are all over Brazil and Peru, and um, they are 
quite numerous in our state, uh, the Acre state. They are quite like a, a big people. And they used to live all together like thousands of years ago before the Portuguese came to invite, invite, invade Brazil. So um, they had like a, a really strong culture. They used to live all together. And when the colonizer arrived, they had to like fled out uh, to all over um, Peru and all over Amazon. So they got like spread out. Um, and, you know, they have, have, have been always um, quite spiritual people. They are very serious about the spirits of the forest, the knowledge of the forest, and uh, the knowledge of elders, of course, and knowledge of plants. So it's quite amazing, you know, like they have more than a hundred kinds of um, eye drops for like many uses. There's an eye drop that you use to dream well. There's an eye drop that you use to learn things. There's an eye drop that you use to hunt. So like, it's amazing. I remember once I was walking down um, to the forest with the elder um, uh, woman of the village. And I've asked her like, can you show me some medicinal plants so I can start to learn a little bit from you? And then she gave me the biggest lesson of all. She just said, just look around. Everything is medicine. <laughs> so I was like, wow, yes, we, uh, we know, we don't know much. Um, and, and that shows me like how much love they have for nature. And they, they see value in every single plant, every single person, every single bird that, that sings um, they know the, the value and they know what means and they know what nature and the spirit is telling them. So they're quite like connected people with um, spiritual uh, works, let's say. That's really incredible. And this project has taken you five years now, so you've spent an incredible amount of time getting to learn from the Hunikuin people. Um, what would you say, you've already talked a bit about the film and how it's sort of a documentation of their reconnection to their indigeneity and their, their own traditional knowledge. In kind of a summary of the film, how, how have, what actions have the Huniquin people taken to revitalize their culture and their spirituality? So first of all, they, they started to take ayahuasca again. I mean, like they have always been using ayahuasca, uh, but uh, what happened is that when the colonizers and, and the slavery happened, they, they were forbidden of drinking their, their sacred medicine, of eating their own food, of talking their own language, of using their own clothes, and so on. So they have lost everything. And by using ayahuasca, they realized um, what they have lost. They remembered. So everyone started to take ayahuasca all together until a spiritual leader called Ninawa, which is the, the main character of the film, he said, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do this movement of revitalizing our culture. Let's create a village, let's live there. Uh, no drink is allowed, no alcohol, right? No religion. Let's just live as native indigenous again. So he had to be very harsh with people and uh, because, you know, they, they were used to go to parties, drink, 
uh, you know, like do things as we do. <laughs> and then uh, suddenly they had to like let out, let this go and, and start a new life. Uh, and, and, you know, like you're just remembering. It's not that just comes back like, like that, you know. Uh, you have to, to put a lot of effort. So they had put a lot of effort to drink all together this medicine, talk a lot with the elders. The elders started to speak up again. They were afraid still to know they still remembered their own culture. They never forgot it, but they were like, um, basically people said to them, if you speak your own language again, I'm going to kill you. And they did. Um, they decimated the people even though they're like quite huge um, in enormous quantity. But, you know, so um, they, they made this compromise of uh, remembering and uh, because they also realized how much the world was screwed. And they said, you know what, we, know, we have this, this key in our hands. Let's, let's dive in. And once we dive in and once we are all connected again and we have our own food again and our clothes again and our own cosmology again, then we can offer to the world. And that's what they're doing now. So they concentrated to get united first. And now they are ready. 20 years after this revival started, um, they are all over the world going and sharing their own culture and knowledge and especially the love they have for nature and uh, to the knowledge also that we are all nature. We should not separate. Otherwise, we just get lost of our own selves. That's what happened with them. How have you talk about a really interesting process of bringing back these things that have been lost? I can imagine it'd be very difficult in some ways to reach to younger generations who never learned these things in the first place. I'm curious to what extent um, Huniquin elders were able to sort of reach out to the youth of their communities to, to keep them invested and involved in these traditions. How did that work for them? Yeah, that's a very interesting question because, you know, that's the key problem all over the world with native indigenous communities or rural communities and so on. So each village has their own approach, which I quite like from Ninawa, our main character and the spiritual leader of this village, that he realized that um, the, the, the young people wanted to go to the city. And he said, you know what, uh, how can they get interest by their own culture? Because uh, it's something quite deep, you know, like you have to want to dive in. So he introduced um, guitar, the acoustic guitar, to the village. Before, they only used to have like music with voice, only voice, or I don't know how you call maraca. So like they never had a guitar before, an acoustic guitar. And uh, Nina I started to sing the traditional songs with the guitar. Then the young people started to get amazed by it. And it's so amazing, so amazing that this is the village that I, I've, I've listened the most beautiful song. Like everyone has, has a guitar or has altural music or they, they know how to play the drums. They are very musical. You know, all the, the young generation are putting all the energy in producing their own music. They started to get into the medicine. They started to get into diets, 
to be alone in the forest, to receive a spiritual power and vision um, so they can, can canalize in their music. And music in, in the Hunnikuin culture is a very important key because um, all ceremonies of ayahuasca, they are taken by music. Uh, they call sacred chants. So um, the young generation is just blowing my mind. Everyone that goes to this village gets amazed by how incredible is the music scene there. Um, so like that's that's amazing. Of course, there's a lot of uh, a lot of difficulties that arise um, in each village and with the youngers, but um, it's a kind of a model what is happening there. I'm very proud, and at the film we show quite a lot of this because the village is all about that. It's all about music, and it's all about the young. Uh, they're very aware that if they don't have young people engaged in their own culture, their culture is going to be lost. That's such a creative approach, combining traditional um, musical creative processes with some more Western instruments to sort of keep it relevant and alive for the young people. That's incredibly creative. And pivoting just a little bit, back to the, the, the creation of the film itself, you mentioned how this film was very much expressed through indigenous eyes. To what extent were the Huniquin people actually involved in the creation of this film? So um, they're quite involved, but not as much as we would love to. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't give the camera in their hands and, and teach them as we used to do in many places we go and countries we did go. Um, but as, as it was like a very new experience for us to dive in the forest is a four day boat ride. And, uh, you know, like I thought I was going to come and, and make the film. But only in the last year, I actually made the film with Patrick in the previous years we are just gaining conf gaining confidence uh in ourselves of course at the same time and in them and them in us um we were understanding uh how is to live in a savage way let's say <laughs> in the forest there is not water in the pipe um uh, the, you have to bath in the river uh there's no toilets it's quite rustic so um, uh, we, we dived quite a lot in their culture to be able to film. Uh, what we did have uh, as a direction from them, everything was directed by Ninawa. He was always um, making, I don't know if you call assemblies, like quite big meetings with all village, which we discussed the film. We discussed what they wanted to show, uh, what they wanted to say, um, the elders gave us a lot of, of, of like directions on where to go. And, um, and, you know, like it was quite natural. We never had to sit down and say, okay, let's talk about the film. It was always like, let's talk about life. And then the film came on. <laughs> so it was quite a natural process. In the very end though, we started to teach a little bit the young uh, how to handle the camera and they also you know indigenous they they, they were never gonna learn like you sitting down and say okay come and learn you should do this and that no they're gonna follow you they're gonna sh uh, see how you do 
and then suddenly they're gonna be holding the camera exactly as you do and filming exactly as you do and you never said anything so it was amazing to also see how they get interested in the in the process of filmmaking and how they relate and how they learn so now we actually have another project we want to come back and we want to come back with cameras and we want to come back with a music studio so we can um, make a music studio and, and um, a video studio for them to make their own films, to edit their own music and film and record their own music. We want to give them all the tools because we want to be a bridge in between um, the world outside and the world inside. That's what we have learned from them. And uh, with this idea of the guitar, right, that I just said. So we understood like we should just be a bridge. That was the first uh, contact. We made a film by ourselves through their own eyes and, and directions. We have filmed more than 30 people. It was quite amazing to have like the whole village speaking up. But next we want, we want them to make, we want them um, to make their own film with their own vision in their own identity and eyes. But that's going to be a next film. <laughs> That's so exciting. I can't wait to see that, um, sort of that next step in your process. Um, that's, in, that's incredibly exciting. I, I also want to know what, when you look at this film and what you've created, what do you think, what importance or significance does the film have for other Indigenous communities? And what importance does it have for non-Indigenous viewers? Yeah, that's that's a nice question, and uh, is is where I I hold on very tight. <laughs> like we want to share this film as much as we can with indigenous communities, so they can uh, learn from this. Actually, we have shown some in some other ethnics, and it's amazing to see how they how they see the film and say, you know what. We have our own culture. We're also going to preserve it. We're also going to show you. Please register, film our own culture and take this forever. So this is not going to be lost. This is amazing. And also in a way that like uh, some communities, they have been threatened by the government, by the many religions in Brazil that don't accept indigenous knowledge. And they are threatened to just um, leave it all behind their identity. So when we see the show, the film, we just showed uh, quite like just fragments, experts of the film, just like a little short clip. But it already like it was amazing to see how the villages get like very they they strength they get strength from the film. They say, you know what, like let's fight for it. It's it's worth it, you know. And apart like uh, when we, uh, I hope right because I, I haven't shown yet um, to the outside world. But we really hope that um, people watch this film and see that we, if, if we have lost something in the way, we can revive it, we can retake it, I don't know, remember it, right? Like I see like we are living in a, in a world that we just want community technology, we just wanna ha have like a really easy going life and buy food in the market and so on. And we, we lost a lot. Our community, our, our, our community way of living. We lost touch with nature with like basic things that means to live in planet earth, right? Like 
man, you're living planet Earth. It's Earth, her name. So, like, what do you know about Earth? What do you know about plant? What do you know about, like, the soil you're stepping on? So this film gives you, like, um, an insight to think a little bit about it, what you have lost in the way that you have to regain and reconnect to be, like, uh, a happier person, <laughs> to be a more connected person with the whole and not just with yourself. This crazy last two years we have been living uh, made us think a lot about our lives. And um, we saw also like how, how cities and countries that were like left, uh, like you say Vienna, right? Like the, suddenly the water was clean again, suddenly uh, so much uh, come to life again. So um, I truly believe this film can help people to uh, reconnect with with life and and see that like come on in 20 years they regain all their identity and values they have left behind so we can also do it we as humanity we can uh, regain our values and act um, in pro of life and and not anymore just individualistic way of living that's incredible so now the the obvious question how can we watch the film and how can listeners of this podcast also support your work? So right now we are looking for a distribution partner. We are looking for private exhibitions in, or like public exhibitions in museums and galleries all over Europe. That's like the first place we'd like to go or America and uh, all over America, right? North America, Latin America. We'd love to find people to help us with distribution. That's the key point. Um, we'd love to have the Honey Queen uh, receiving a lot of promotion. Uh, th that's the, the need of the spiritual leader. You know, I said, you know, like, please make people know that we are alive and that we matters. That were his words. So we're looking for people to help with distribution um, so we can go to film festivals, museums, and so on. And later on, I hope we can be available on Netflix, on Amazon, and, and like lots of people can finally watch it. I'd love to just put online free for everyone to watch right now, but we have this, this compromise, this responsibility with the people that is to find a way how to tell their story in, a, in the media. So if anyone who's listening would like to help us, um, there will be maybe the, the contacts written <laughs> by Stephanie somewhere. Um, we have a website called scalatafilm.com. You can get our contact in there and help out on how can we distribute this film in a way and make... Uh, make uh, their word to come to, to go further um so that's that's the main point later on we're gonna let stephanie know and it's available for everyone to watch that's great we'll be including links in the description so anyone wanting to know more can follow and go to your website and learn about the next steps to help with the distribution process and hopefully soon be able to see the film in its entirety as well is there any final message you'd like to leave with our listeners I'd love to say, um, please uh, get in touch with your local culture. I mean, it could be indigenous, it could be rural, I don't know. 
just is really important for us to give value with what we have in our own cities, countries, you know, like um, it's very beautiful to, you know, like the, the diversity of going all over and so on, but you should, we should look more to local communities and uh, we should look to the indigenous and, and help them out, uh, give, hand, give a hand to people that are really willing to reconnect with ancestral knowledge, with traditional knowledge that uh, gives value to Mother Earth because we are living in a really like crazy times. Anything can happen to our world. Uh, let's, let's give the hands, um, like get all together um, with, you know, like with people that are doing this work of regaining uh, the values, right, that we have lost in the way. It's, there is time. We can all still do it. Nothing is lost. We just have to get connected and with, with good values at our hands. Laura, it's been such a pleasure getting to speak with you. Thank you so much for your time today, um, getting to hear about your experiences and sharing about the Eska Watton Kaiowai Film Project. I sincerely hope that you're able to find a distributor as soon as possible so the film is available for general viewing. For our listeners, we've included links in the podcast description. Follow these links to learn more about the film and for ways of getting involved and supporting its distribution. Thank you so much for joining us on another Save Our Planet podcast. Join us next time.